I want to talk to you today. Uh, the title of this message is, is uh, Redeemed by the Blood. Redeemed by the Blood. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Book of Romans chapter 5. And we're going to be speaking on this very subject today. I pray if you're here today and you have been walking in this life apart from Jesus Christ. You may even know Jesus Christ. You may even say you're saved, but you've been walking apart from Him. You've turned around and walked away from Him. I pray today, like the prodigal son, that you will wake up, that you will hear His voice, and that you will come back to the Father through the Son. Amen? That's my prayer for everyone here today, that you come to Jesus today. Bring your burdens, bring your cares, bring your troubles, and bow down before Him and lay them at His feet and let Him do with them what He will. And draw strength from Him, not to do away with your troubles, but to survive your troubles. Amen. With Him present. Amen? Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith. Everybody say justified by faith. Justified by faith. We have peace with God. Say that. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say that. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. I had you to say that because I want you to know if you don't have peace, there's a reason for that. Because, see, you are justified by faith. You need to know that you have faith. You need to know that you have been saved. And when you know that, there's something the Lord gives you. It's called peace. If you don't have a life of peace, it's because you don't have the faith in Christ that you need to have. He's the Prince of Peace. That's first sermon. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Now listen to that. If you want to know the grace and the great grace of God, you access it through faith. You access it by what you believe in Him. Amen? Wherein we stand. Do you stand in grace today? Do you stand in faith today? Do you stand in Christ today? i got to quit preaching and read this. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Glory to God. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, 
we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the atonement. Father, thank you for your blessed word. Thank you for the joy that we are allowed to have, that we can rejoice even when things are haywire. And Lord, it says so in your word. So God, help us to hang on, to cling, to grasp every promise, and to take hold of you, Lord, and never, ever let go. To have faith, to trust in you. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that don't know you as Savior, may this word penetrate their hearts. May you draw them to your Son today. May they feel as you touch their lives and their hearts. May they feel as you examine their hearts and their minds. And may you draw them and may they say yes and choose to come to Jesus. For that's what you draw them to. Lord, help us all to be that way today. The saved and the lost, all drawn by the Spirit of God to a Savior who died for us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When you look at this scripture today, there's so many truths in here. Paul speaks to us about our justification by faith in Jesus Christ. Y'all, without faith in Christ, you will not be justified. Amen. You're going to stand before a holy God one day in judgment. Every single one of us is going to stand before Him. Amen. We're all going to stand. There ain't never a man, a woman, or a child that's been born on this planet that will not stand before a holy God and be judged in His holiness and His righteousness. And we need to stand in our faith. We need to stand in our justification. And we cannot have any of that apart from Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because of this, we have peace with God. This is the only way we can have peace. We all hear about peace without this, uh, this beyond human comprehension and peace that's beyond understanding. Our peace is not, does not depend on whether we are happy or not. Amen. There's a lot of people right now that's got a lot of things going on in their hearts, in their lives. There's a lot of things to worry about. And I wish we couldn't, didn't have to worry, but we can't help it. We're human. We're, we're broken vessels, and, and we do worry. It's hard for us sometimes to turn everything off to over to Jesus and to depend solely on Him when we can't see. We like to see what we're giving to Him. We like to see what He sees. We like to know what He knows. He don't allow us to do that. Amen. That's where faith comes in. So we are justified by the faith that we have in Him and trusting that He can do anything for us and He is seeing everything. Not only do we are allowed to have this peace, but we have access into His grace because of this faith. Amen. Whereby we must stand and this should cause us to do one thing. Rejoice. You say, well, how do I rejoice in tribulation? You can. Uh -huh. Paul and Silas did it after they were beaten, thrown in prison. How do you think the three Hebrew children felt when they ran around in that fire in the Old Testament and the Son of God was in there with them and they weren't even burned? But before that, do you remember what they said to that king? King, we will not bow to you. And whether our God delivers us or not, 
we still will not bow to you. Amen. We're about to get that way with this world. Amen. We're about to stand on the most holy faith. We're about to stand in grace. We're about to stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And while we stand there, we're going to have to proclaim it. And we're going to have to rejoice. And let the, You know what's wrong with the church today? we got too many people arguing, fighting, bickering, wanting their own way, just causing all kinds of ripples and turmoil. You know what? We need to get back to worshiping Jesus Christ in the church. We need to get back to praising His holy name. We need to get back to Him and His life and His death and His blood and He is crucified for us and there will none of us be able to be here if it weren't for Him. Amen. That's what we need to get back to. We need to let all this other rubbish, this dung go away and we need to start worshiping, praising Him, rejoicing in Him, finding peace in Him and more importantly, we need to be out there telling the people that, that, that don't know Him that we are the redeemed of the Lord because the Bible tells us let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's not just talking about in the church. He's not just talking about in the testimony service where you stand up with other believers. He's talking about it out there in the lost world where people do not want to hear what you've got to say. Amen. We need the boldness. Amen. We've got too many people. Let me, let me tell you. We've got so many people who say, I'm a Christian, and they don't even go to church. They don't even think about church. They don't got used not to go into church. They like the idea, I don't need a church anymore. To say I don't need a church is telling Jesus Christ, I'm not part of your bride. I don't want to be part of your bride because the bride of Jesus Christ is His church. And you can come into the church and make it better or you can come into the church and make it worse. It's up to you. But let me tell you what, there's going to be a day of reckoning, amen? amen? There's going to be a day of reckoning when what you have done, because the Bible says, be sure, your sin will find you out. Be sure what you don't do, what you do in, in, in disobedience to God will come to the top. It will float, and there's nothing you can do about it. We need to get right with God. We need to stay right with God. We need to make our focus on God. We need to make our focus on, on telling people who He is, what He has done for us, and what He has also done for them. Amen. Because they can't go to heaven without that. Amen. And we need to get out of the cesspool of this world. We need to quit swimming around in the septic tank. And we need to get in the living water. that caused us to look away, to walk away. We need to get all that rubbish out of our system. We need to quit focusing on those things. And we need to get focused on Him and Him alone. Amen. 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 Him. Him alone. It's all about Him. Not about me. Not about you. Not about us. But about Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to put our focus and rejoice on him. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always rejoice in the Lord. And again, he said, I say, rejoice. We are to rejoice forevermore. Do you know what that means? 
When we don't feel like rejoicing, we need to rejoice. When we feel like rejoicing, we need to rejoice. When we get up in a bad mood, we need to rejoice. When we hear somebody say something awful that makes us mad, we need to rejoice. Amen. Rejoice forevermore. He says, why? We've got a lot to rejoice about. We've got more to rejoice about than any people on this planet. We are the redeemed of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. We are those people. We have been received by Him. He has called us. We have bowed before Him. He has saved us. He has covered us with His blood. He has forgiven us of our sins. He has filled us with His Spirit. And He has written our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. If that don't make you rejoice, I don't know what will. It's time we rejoice in Him. And quit looking at this filthy, stinking world. This world has done got woke. We need to be awakened to the fact that we have a Savior that's going to come back and get us out of this woke world. Amen. Amen. We need an awakening is what we need. And it's going to start with each of us. Are you woke today? Are you asleep today? Are you away today? Are you snoozing? Wake up and turn to Jesus. He is the only way that you're going to make it out of this place into heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's ways are not our ways. So He wants us to know right here that your rejoicing, your peace, all of these things that he tells us we have access to, the grace and the faith, is not dependent on whether you're happy or not. It's not dependent on where everything's going right or not. A lot of people can rejoice as long as they're happy. They can, they can praise God as long as they're happy. You let them get mad and watch them. They'll sit there going, <laughs> Jesus died for you. Jesus saved your soul. They can't rejoice. They're not happy. We need to quit confusing happy and, and with rejoicing and happy with joy because it, it one has nothing to do with the other. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's hard for us to understand, isn't it? You know why? Because God's ways and our ways are two different ways. His ways are so much higher than our ways. He puts us in situations. No, He don't put us there. He's with us while we're there. We put ourselves. Uh-oh. We put our own selves in situations. We're the ones that decide whether we'll go to church or not. We're the ones that'll decide where we go. If we don't like the way them people act, we just won't be there. We're not going to commit to nothing until we find out some things first. That's not good. You know why? Because my Bible tells me that my Father adds to His church. Amen. Have you asked Him where He wants you to be? Have you asked Him where He wants you to go? Have you asked Him, is this the place? Until you do that, you're just walking on your own. You're not following Jesus. You're not letting Him be your light. You're walking in darkness trying to find your own way. You're walking with your eyes closed, groping. Is this it? Is this it? Why do we do that? Amen? Because not only is He the water that we need to be swimming in right now, but He's the light that we need to be seeing with right now. Right. Amen? It's about Him, not us. Yeah. 
Amen. We need to get rid of this me, 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 my, 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 us, us, us. We need to get rid of that junk and get back to Jesus Christ. You know why? Because He's the one that died for me and you. He's the one who shed His blood. He didn't have to do that. you know who He is? Do you know who He is? He's God. He's God He came down. He, he went through so much trouble to be born of a woman. He became a little baby. Amen. It's a good thing they didn't have abortion back then, ain't it? Amen. Amen. We see people whining and groaning and moaning right now because we ain't letting them kill babies in the womb anymore. God help us. That's a cesspool. That stinks. We need Jesus. We don't need more laws. We don't need more rules. We certainly don't need more politicians. We need Jesus Christ. We need the Savior of the world. And you're not going to elect Him. He's already there. Amen. You don't get to vote on who the King of Kings is and the Lord of Lords is. He is who He is. He is the great I Am. And He proclaimed Himself that way. I am who I am. I am sovereign. I am God. I will do things my way. And you will be obedient to me. Amen. And if not, trouble follows closely behind disobedience for the person who claims they know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the Scripture never teaches us that our rejoicing is dependent on whether we're happy or not. Matter of fact, it teaches right the opposite. So let me tell you something. These preachers that get up here and say, okay, if you get saved, your life's going to be so much better. That is the wrong thing to say. You know what the right thing to say? If you get saved, your eternity is going to be better. I can tell you that much. It's all going to be good over there. But here, you're still going to suffer. The Bible tells us plainly in John chapter 15, verse 20, Matthew chapter 10, verse 24, Luke chapter 6, verse 40, our Lord Jesus Christ said these things. He said, if they persecute me, they will persecute you. Amen. You are not any better than I am. You know why we're not being persecuted right now? It's a shameful thing. It's because we're not out there telling people that Jesus Christ is the only way. We'll let Oprah Winfrey get up on TV and say, oh, there's many ways to have, and nobody says a word. We need to be out there telling people there's one way. And his name is Jesus. And he died so that you can live. Amen. He died so that you can be saved. So Jesus, the Lord tells us that. And so Paul says, so glory, or glory and tribulation. As Paul lost his blooming mind, now here it don't tell us to go looking for tribulation. It never says that. You don't have to look. It's coming. Amen? Sometimes in the most horrible and horrific ways, but it comes. Amen? Amen? It comes to us. Why? Because we live in this fallen world. Oh, but Paul counted it, now look at this, a privilege. <laughs> How many of you are in tribulation right now and you think it's fun? A privilege to be there. 
Well, Paul gives a reason. And I said, he, said, he didn't use the word privilege. He said, but we glory in tribulation. That's what he's talking about. We glory in tribulation. Why? <coughs> you know, you've always heard it said that spiritual growth don't come when you're high up on a mountain. Spiritual growth does not come when everything's going good for you. Spiritual growth don't come when everything's going smooth as silk and everything's easy. As a matter of fact, that's when we get lazy. But you know what? We don't get to live on this mountain, do we? There's a valley between every one of them. And so in that low spot, in the very depths and the lowest part, that's a picture of our lives. It's like a roller coaster. It's like rolling. They didn't have roller coasters when they wrote this, by the way. If they did, that's the way they'd describe it. They had mountains and valleys. And so they described it, that's our lives. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Amen? Tribulations are going to come. The Bible says tribulation must come. And But he says that these are the reasons I glory in tribulation because we grow. And he even explains how we grow. The Bible tells us how we grow in tribulation when things are not going good. He says in tribulation, it worketh patience. Uh-huh. You ask brother and sister Brantley down here while they're missing, they don't know where their son is. How are they making it right now? How are they at church right now? You know why? Because they know something from the Scripture. They have faith in Jesus Christ that no matter what's going on, they believe Jesus. Amen. 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 And they know that He's working patiently with them right now. He's giving them patience. He's giving them endurance to bear a hardship. Amen? Sister Pam back there has got to go through a surgery this, this week. It's a tribulation. But God's going to be with her through every bit of it. He's going to touch her and all of it. He's going to be right there in the midst of it. And whether it's successful or not, He's still God. He's still, he's still to be rejoiced and praised and glorified because you know why? Because if, if we don't make it through to tomorrow, we're going to be with Him in glory forever. Amen. Amen. That's what He brings us. what He gives us. So He says this tribulation worketh patience. Did you know the Scripture say, says that in your patience possess ye your souls? We need patience. I hate that. I tell people all the time don't pray for patience because it comes through much tribulation. But I should change that. Pray for patience. When tribulation comes, pray that Jesus is with you smack dab in the middle of it and shows you a way out. Amen? Amen. 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 Whether things go right for you or not, He's still Lord. He's still God. He's still Savior. His blood still cleanses us. He's still on His throne no matter what happens in our world. Amen? And so what we got to do is get the ones around us, the ones we love, the ones we know, and all the people that we know to find Him. Amen? what it's all about. So he said, tribulation worketh patience, and patience brings experience. What good does that do? So you can help the next person that goes through that trial. Amen. You know another reason you need to be in church? Because the trials and the tribulations that you experience, somebody here has already went through that. That's why the gray hair has something to tell you sometimes. That's why the bald head has something to tell you sometimes. Because the hair fell out because of tribulation maybe. Amen. And every one of us is to live longer than others have experienced things. 
And we have wisdom to share with you on where God was during the whole ordeal. You know what? We have looked back. I have looked back in my life at the time, like you are when you're experiencing these things. Where is God? Where is it? And you look back after it's over and you say, there he was. Is there not the only one? There he was. He was there. He had a hold of me. God help us to see Jesus that way. To see him now. To see him while he's present with us. To feel that. I, I don't know about y'all, but I love to feel what it feels like when I feel the Spirit of God. <laughs> Hallelujah! You know what it does to me? It makes me antsy. It gives me goosebumps. It makes my hair stand up. It makes tears flow out of my eyes. It does something to me because I'm rejoicing that way because I feel God. How many of you have felt Him lately? How many of you wake up every morning and don't give Him a second thought? There's people who know Jesus, whose kids are lost, whose grandkids are lost, whose husbands and wives are lost. We need to let them see Jesus so they'll want Him. Not in a self-righteous way, <coughs> but in a way of holiness and godliness. Amen. To be examples of who He is. Amen. So this patience leads to the experience. And experience leads to hope. What is my hope? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Amen. 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 That's my hope. Is that your hope today? You know what? One of these days our hope's going to wake us up and we're going to see Him here. Woo! We're going to see. We're going to be with Him forever. It's not going to happen to everybody. It's going to happen to a lot of people who think they're going to see Him and know Him and be with Him, but they're not because they've been disobedient to Him all of this time. Because they've let other things interfere with their relationship with Him. They don't have one anymore because they let man, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen. You know what the wedding vow says? What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Amen. There's a lot of people who claim they know Jesus, but they have let the world pull them away. They tasted it, but they didn't eat it. Amen. They tasted it, but they didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. They felt it, but they didn't receive it. Amen. The devils bowed to Jesus. They knew who he was when men didn't. Amen. That's the truth in our society today. A lot of people know about Jesus, but knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus is two different things. Amen. Amen. Saying I believe and believing is two different things. So see, when you believe unto salvation, He has filled you with His Spirit. You have called upon His name. And He has saved you with His blood by filling you with His Spirit and empowering you to live for Him. No matter what the world's doing, you have that power. Amen. So, Paul says to do these things and, and all these things, one thing leads to another. And all these things work us together for good. It brings us to the hope. And look at number, verse 5. It said, And hope maketh not ashamed. There is too many people who is ashamed to say the name of Jesus in a public setting. 
We're afraid we'll offend somebody. That's why the scriptures say offenses must come. Offend them. Speak that holy name. Amen. Amen. Why? Because he's a name. That's a name above every name. It's a name to which every person is going to bow down. We need to give them the opportunity to bow here and not there. Because if they bow here, it's going to be good over there. Amen. But if they wait till they're there to bow, it's not going to be good. Right. We need to understand these things. And so he, he lists all these things that we need to do. And this hope, this assurance is, it is a guarantee by the love of Jesus Christ that makes us not ashamed. How does that do that? The Holy Spirit does that. He goes, that's the reason he goes on. And he said, for while we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us that he came here to die for us. And not just us, but all humanity. All men everywhere. So when you pick and choose who you're witness to, when you pick and choose who you want in the church, remember Christ died for the ones you didn't choose. Amen. Just like He died for you. Amen. Amen. We need to get off our high horse, don't we? Amen. 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 We need to get off our high horse. When that person comes through that door and you look at them and say, you can tell they were drunk all night. When they come in and they got their caps on, they come in and they got the clothing that you don't approve of, remember Christ died for that person. And they're sinners when they walk in that door. And amen? amen. We don't get to clean them up. That's the work of the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit's work. i got to move on. Amen. Christ died for us. And we are now justified. We are now justified. Look at how verse 9 tells us. We are justified by His blood. Amen. And I want to back up to verse 5 and tell you one more thing. You don't think the Holy Ghost is not important? You know why some people can't proclaim Jesus in public? Because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Jesus. That's right. Amen. 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 If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not saved anyway. Because the Bible says that the, the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't do that. It just words don't mean anything amen so now we are justified by his blood look at this much more than being justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him now let me ask you a question what wrath are we going to be saved from the wrath of god that he's going to pour out on this world. We're saved from that. Amen. 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 I am very post-tribulation. And these scriptures like this are why. Amen. But if I'm wrong, he's still going to be with me right in the midst of it. Amen. For if when we were enemies with God, are you an enemy of God now? A lot of people say, oh, no, I'm not an enemy of God. But they don't do anything God tells them and tells them to do. Nothing. Now, Jesus made this remark. He said, I would rather you be cold 
not caring, or I'd rather you be hot, very caring. He despises lukewarm in the middle where you don't really care one way or another. You know what he says I'm going to do with that? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Let me tell you this. Does that mean that you're going to be saved anyway? That ain't the way I understand that scripture. When he spews you out of his mouth, you know what that means? He's done with you. I don't ever want to be spewed out of his mouth. Do you? He's going to be more lenient on the people who didn't try than he is the ones who said they did but didn't. And heaven's going to be open to the ones that were hot for him. Not ashamed, filled with love, washed in his blood, filled with the Spirit, witnessing to people. Amen. Rejoicing forevermore. That's who is going to be there. Amen. And he said, For us, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. How are we reconciled to God? The Lord Jesus Christ came here for, to die for us for a reason to reconcile a lost world back to the Father. Who wants them? Hallelujah. And we are only reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. He don't want you to die for Him. He wants you to live for Him. If you die in the process, so be it. Live for Jesus. Amen. And not only so, but we also joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. In God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we have now received the atonement. Amen. Let me read you the scripture from 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 8 and 9. Whom having not seen, you love. He's talking about Jesus. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice. How? With joy unspeakable and full of glory. With joy in God through Jesus Christ because we have now received an atonement. That means our sins have been paid for. By the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Why? Because I'm redeemed by the blood. Of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Christ's death and shedding of blood, listen to this, satisfies the Father. When Jesus died, remember when Mary, I, got, I know I got to hear, when Mary went to the tomb and she saw him. And he said, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. Do you know what he did? Hebrews tells us. He enters into the holiest of holies. Where? Before the father. And you know what he's got? His own 
but is delivered to the Father for all of us who receive Him, believe on Him, accept Him, and are filled with His Spirit unto salvation. Redeemed by His blood. There's no other way except through Jesus Christ. We must be sealed with His Holy Spirit, covered in the blood. We, my friends, all who say this, are the redeemed of the Lord. Would you stand? These altars are open for prayer. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes? I don't know what you're going through here today. I don't know what the Lord has spoken and shown you, told you today. But there's one thing I know. There's not one single person in this room that don't need Jesus Christ. Would you come? Would you come? Bow before Him. Call upon His name. Rejoice in Him. Would you just come, give your life to Him? You say, well, I can't do that. My family wouldn't. Don't worry about your family, see, because when you stand before Him, you're going to be by yourself. Your family ain't going to be there. Your husband ain't going to be there. Your wife ain't going to be there. Your mom, your dad, nor your children. You're going to be standing before Him naked alone. And you're going to give an account of what you believe, what you didn't believe, what you did or what you didn't do. You're going to be the one giving the account. There's going to be people in judgment that's going to see their children judged. It's going to be part of the torture and the torment of hell. Don't let that happen to you. It don't have to happen to you. Come unto Him. Come now. Come let Him speak to you. Come let Him save you. Come let Him redeem you. Come and pray. Do you feel the Lord drawing you? Can you feel something right now? Because see, the Father loves you so much. Right now, He's picking you. That little thump in your chest, that heartbeat that's elevated right now, that's the Lord God Himself said, My Son died for you. I'm here. I want to reconcile you to myself, but you've got to go through Him. Let Jesus, my Son, save you. Let Him fill you with His Spirit. You come. Bring your kids with you. Bow down with them. Watch Jesus love you at His altar, in His church. Would you do that? Don't be afraid. Be brave. Be bold. Don't let Satan shove you around. He ain't got a chance against Jesus Christ. When he thought he had killed Jesus, he didn't know what he had done. Amen. He didn't know.
And uh, but that spirit, it was a real battle, and uh, they fell. That's when God, God, God gave him some help and give us the help. It's, it's up to each one of us as to whether or not we seek the Holy Spirit and uh, allow it to help us. It, it's sitting there waiting all the time. It's part of God. Anyway, uh, I want to also give a special thanks to uh, for all the prayers sent out by everyone and the members and non-members of uh, Lake Country Baptist Church. I know that the church, the people, will pray uh, all the time as in Seattle. And as you can see, they were answered. So please, just thank you for that when you when you pray. You know, we when we pray, most people in the world that aren't really close to God that just may go to church. And what they think praying is for is asking God for stuff. That's not the primary reason that we pray. We pray to thank Him, and we we should, we should be praying all the time that we're awake. Uh, God knows, you know. You look around the boat, uh, you're always talking about it. But uh, some people think we're crazy. <laughs> but you, you can do it while you're by yourself driving or whatever, you know. Just just thank you every day. And uh, so I'm not going to understand what I wrote in my notes. Uh, it's about prayers. That's it, for the second part of that prayer thing. Uh, you know, when you pray, they are heard, regardless of how, what the content of the prayer is. And sometimes they're not answered in the way that we may desire. That is when trust and patience is required and understanding is needed. Uh, thank you. That's going to help a lot. But... Yeah, I always, I always say that thanks for retaining because the big works all around here. See, hey, notice that. It's a fraud. Uh, thank you, Jane Jane. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Bible says that we should we should encourage one another Amen. and uh, pray for them. But their courage is a, is a thing that you got to put, put a little bit of effort into. But it, you will be rewarded in the end if you do that properly. Uh, you know, throughout your life, okay. And uh, but when you pray, you might want to try to ask for uh, understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. If you pray that every day and ask in Jesus' name, and you start to get that, that knowledge and understanding and wisdom, it's going to help you in all so many ways as far as your, your, your spiritual area of your life. <coughs> a person that really wants to uh, understand more about God and, and what he's all about. There's a lot of people in church that go to church every week and some of them will probably, no doubt, say, but, and, but during the week, I don't know how many times they may not be. That's just, that's just the way it is. And uh, 
somehow we've got to reach those people. They're in the church without opinion of them. And uh, tell them there's another step to require really necessary. You might be saved, but that's not the only thing that God looks at. He looks at our lives. And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, they put me in this position. And he, uh, he forgave me. Hey, Steve, we still can't hear you from back here. Can okay, can you, can you turn that closer, closer, closer to you? Oh, okay. Yeah. It needs to be it. pretty close to your face. So. Hey, he's going to turn it up a little bit. He's a sound. How about now, that day? You have to speak into the mic, though, Steve. What now? You have to speak into the mic. Okay. We're his first test run. So this that's is right. You really are. And that's why I had to say put it on the internet. <laughs> it's really close to a no, but I'm maybe before I get the rest of it said. That's yeah. a lot better. Yeah. Okay. That's why we, we should spend more time practicing. <laughs> New system. And uh, what happened just then will be uh, taken into consideration next time I do this. No, he won't get run those smooth. But um, I had a lot of things that I wanted to say tonight. Uh, that's uh, I wanted to thank Drew Wade. I called him. He told me to call him. You know, let me know how things are going which I do that periodically. And I called him when I uh, was getting ready to go to Seattle, but they finally gave me a date. And uh, Jerry White told me that uh, whenever you get ready to leave, let me know, I'll, I'll drive you up there. Now, that was a big deal. Because you gotta understand, I couldn't breathe hard. And it didn't take much to get me out of breath. And uh, I thought we'd just keep on driving, but we would stop at a motel, and, uh, and it still took three days. It's a long trip. But uh, he didn't have to do that. But he's a good man. He's a Christian man. And uh, I, when I called him to give him today, um, I said, Jerry, you remember when you told me that uh, to call you for when I get away so you don't have our stuff to go see how you told me uh, that uh, he, he needed somebody help drive and he'd be there. And I really didn't need the thing because it was just too, too long a drive. And he come, and he was faithful as a friend and a Christian, and drove me all the way to Seattle. I want to thank you. He'll be hearing this regardless of whether all of us here or not. And uh, I want to thank Becky because I learned a lot about about the VA and uh, what's required to do, regardless of what kind of operation that it requires. You know, like lungs, you got heart, kidney, whatever. If it's done by the VA. Uh, you have to have a caretaker if there's not, if it's a, a risky uh, surgery or a risky recovery after the surgery. And the lung, double lung transplant fits right in that category. In fact, I'd be willing to wager that 
doctor would say it's probably one of the most risky transplants you could do. Uh, there's just so many things that can go wrong. You know, we did waste time on that, but uh, uh, he drove me all the way, all the way up there. And uh, Becky, I'm back to Becky. When I had to go up after I uh, the beat, after I went there for four and a half years taking tests and everything, that's a long time. About four and a half years uh, going to the VA. And I had to, right at first, uh, they were making me come up there three days out of the week to run testing. You've got to have everything right, or they, and, and if it's not right, get it right, or you can't even go get it. You can't apply for it. And I'll get into more of that later. Uh, but Becky went to uh, Seattle with me because uh, I had to go up there a year and they wanted to make sure everything's in line. They wanted to meet me. Uh, they did a little test. We got papers back to see where I'm at with, with their people. And uh, we were there one week. We watched a couple of films. And those films, I'll tell you right now, they showed us how long by data that they had accumulated. They uh, showed us how many people made it a year, two years, three years, ten years, whatever. I forgot the numbers, but they did go over that. They also uh, let us know how, you know, it's a, it's a lengthy thing as far as getting on the uh, uh, recipient list for an organ. And so, uh, and that could have been a long time. They don't, you know, because they don't know. You know, some people, it gets done pretty quick, but, uh, and some people take an extremely long time. We just never get to work out because it's got to fit your body cavity. It's got to be the same blood type. And there's other things I don't know. There's several things that, that, that is required before uh, you'll be able to take a, a you know, have surgery. And uh, anyway, we had to go up there in that um, four and a half year mark, mate, and uh, it shows a film. I want you to know right now that uh, because there's ain't some time after I get here, the rest of it, you're gonna say that was got no doubt about it. But uh, so we blew back, everything went good there, and they just told me to keep doing uh, <coughs> my pulmonary rehab and try to gain some weight. I only weighed about 125, weighed 160 pounds. But that's actually certain. Uh, another person. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Becky, uh, about something that happened, and how I think I I didn't realize until later how important it was to her. And I already told her, but publicly I want to tell you that I appreciate what you've done, and I do understand why you couldn't come up and be there. Okay, uh, that's my sister Becky. Uh, it was a big deal, and that put me in an awkward position. But that, oh, I can't do that. I'm skipping to some other stuff. Well, I was going to say, well, uh, this is one of the things that got done. Becky said she couldn't do it because of her daughter, or, and she, she only got one daughter, and she had uh, some miscarriages, uh, one, at least one. And so this, this daughter of hers is very important, special to her, and I don't blame her. She's a really a good, good daughter, very smart. Uh, I 
had a problem thanking uh, people. I want to thank uh, Carolyn Wiz, uh, Williams. She is a, uh, she's the landlord of our house. And uh, when I was getting ready to go, I asked her, I said, can I have a break on the uh, rent while I'm up in going you know, in Seattle. You know, I, I expected to be up there at least a year and a half minimum. I knew it could be longer we saw the films. And uh, so I want to thank thank her. I went and talked to her and thanked her. And uh, <clears throat> the trailer's got a lot of problems and I intend to move as soon as I can. Uh, I just got too many other things that's kind of going on. I, you know, I'm trying to work on her other thing at one time. Um, and then she told uh, she told me that just don't worry about the rent on this thing. And that was a big help. And again, God placed a godly woman. Well, let me don't don't forget my sister Elma. It's passed away. But she she was a prayer warrior in our family. And uh, well, I know she's special to God. <laughs> no doubt about it. But uh, she uh, prayed a lot. You know, for, for me, I know throughout my life, and I know it made a difference. I wish you could just hear that right now, and she may be. I don't know how that works, but uh, I just know that I just need to thank her. And uh, Ms. Carolyn Williams knew uh, Ellen, and uh, that's how I got to know her. Uh, then I want to thank uh, Jason Lee. That is my, uh, he's my uncle. His uncle. He is uh, Linda's uh, son, and I really hated that he couldn't be here, but he, he had other <coughs> previous plans that he had scheduled, which interfered. But another thing that this guy was just looking over, out over me, uh, when it got time to drive back, I had plans. I've been in a hurry, it seemed like every time that I would have to, to drive or go someplace. And, uh, I was going to take the time and drive all the way from Seattle, instead of going through the, through the country, I was going to go down the coast. I always thought it'd be neat just to drive down and see all the different, you know, from the view of the ocean. And I said, that'd be neat to do So I was just going to be me and baby girl. And baby girl's my little dog. And God gave me that dog. Because I, 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 that's another story about her. Maybe I don't know if I'll have time. Um, and I guess I say the, the biggest for the last, and I know there's somebody I'm missing. And uh, when you see this on the internet, if I missed your name, I, I'm sorry, but I thank everyone that helped me and prayed for me. And uh, the last one I want to uh, uh, thank is my sister Linda. <laughs> She's been there for me my whole life. I don't know about the words to be able to say. She's always been faithful to me. And I just want to thank her. Maybe uh, I get off because I know that some of this stuff is going to get to me. So I'm not surprised. Another thing I want to say is uh, I said, I know that uh, you can't, many of you uh, notice the things that happen as far as the Holy Spirit doing things. 
when you when you are, have a relationship with God and you ask him, you know, things are talking about being able to see things and witness just whatever to recognize those things. And uh, he he answers all those things. If you if you're willing to to try to look for it, that's where the being conscious of it comes into play. It's uh you got if you really want to serve him, then number one you pray and ask. They know you want to. And uh, they ask for the Holy Spirit because he has done so many things in the four and a half years that I had to wait and uh, just to let me know he's there. And I really appreciate it. And I try to show him. There's one lady that's 95 and bad health that well, she would keep my little dog. But if I, so I had something happen that was kind of strange and it was just not, you know, it wasn't a coincidence in my book. I don't believe in a coincidence. Anymore. But uh, she would keep my little dog, and I'd share it with her. I was wanting so bad for her to be here, and she's she's 95 and not in good health. Uh, someday I'm going to ask her to be in our, my prayer request later. Uh, before I forget another person. Les, thank you, because he had not had a lot of bad things happening in my life, and uh, I do appreciate this. Uh, now I'm going to start the actual testimony that I had written down, but I don't need to read uh, because between when I got out and came back to Texas, uh, which was just before Thanksgiving, uh, I would, uh, anytime I run into people, like it just happens, I'm right there ready to witness to them. And I'm going to like something about Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, whatever. But just a general conversation. And uh, just kind of build them out. And then bring God into it if I can. Or, you know, and a lot of them in East Texas do believe in God. Uh, there's probably plenty, plenty of people else that need some uh, of that. And the different things are available. They may go to church and, and nothing's coming out of it. Well, that's because you're not seeking. You got to seek him. Uh, you have not because you ask not. That's so many different things. But uh, anyway, I. Starting at uh, three, uh, I'm gonna go back to around ten, nine or ten years ago when I first got diagnosed with this COPD and chronic emphysema. Uh, and the VA, since I was a veteran, I think the VA very much. As far as my life, my time with the VA, well, I don't know, this guy just had all the people that was working on me. I made everything go right, but I think maybe he did it. I think back to me. And, uh, I started, uh, like I said, 10 years ago, nine years ago. And uh, I was going to uh, the Shreveport VA uh, every month, going way up, no, not every month, twice a year, every six months, to get a lung scan and then a uh, foreign pulmonary doctor just to talk to me, which they weren't talking about too much of because, you know, it, I guess they felt like I didn't have any options. 
You know, to be committed. That's what my outlet was. You know, uh, I did everything six months at at the three and a half. I mean, at that nine year mark, eight year mark was up. Uh, I would go, and that's what happened over and over and over again. They never said anything about. Uh, the, I think they mentioned uh, the spot, but that didn't take too long. They, they said they couldn't go in and do a biopsy of them on the on the spot that they were concerned about because I had such low breathing capacity. They thought I'd probably down there on the operating table. So when that was said, nothing else was done until God come in. This is where it started. I was assigned a new doctor in the nick of time. That was Matthew Brady. And uh, his former doctor, he just got, I guess, he got out of school because he was, he was a, they call him, well, I'm going to talk to you a couple days now, and then I'll hit right now, close off the mind. But he uh, was a new doctor, and uh, I went down that day, I did six months ago, and had the lung scan. They waited about an hour to get you in front of the doctor that gives him time to get the x-ray or scan. And uh, I went to his office, knocked on the door, he said, come in, his back was to me. And uh, I just sat there about 10 or 15 minutes, him just looking at what he was doing. There were two monitors. And uh, he had a uh, scan of the one that happened that day. And then he was looking at through the, uh, all the old scans from three and a half years ago. Three back. That's two scans a year, it'd be 12. Whatever, it was a bunch of them. And he was going through every one of them to see if it was, uh, he looked like it was cancer. Because if, if it was cancer, it would be growing. You'd be able to notice it. They know how to look at it. It's shape or size, whatever. And he told me when he turned around, he says, you know, I don't want to spot your lungs as anything but scar tissue. He said, uh, it hasn't grown, it's got any bigger shapes. This looks just like it did when they first did a scan. And so I said, well, myself, I said, well, what does that mean? Uh, and now, and uh, he said, well, a year to 10 and a lung transplant. Well, <laughs> that kind of blew me away. After all the years I was going up there and didn't say anything about it, there was no hope. Hope is worth it. I'm uh, kind of uh, concentrate on what I'm talking about because hope is a big deal when you're in this, that was in this, when you were in this situation I was in. Uh, couldn't breathe and all that time I was having to get somebody to do this, help carry the groceries in. I had to have somebody you know, ride with me to the VA and, and I had you know have somebody always go with me and push me around because I couldn't walk all of it. I'd be out of breath. And it's even with the oxygen. And uh, uh, I said, well, yeah. Uh, I'm interested. I said, uh, you know, my, look at my, my breathing and everything. He said, well, uh, he said, uh, there's a lot of things that you, I need to tell you about it. And he said, I guess just spilling me out. I'm not sure I was serious about it. He told me about how long it would take, you know, and, uh, and how much how risky uh, surgery would be, you know, especially in my case. But uh, he and, but he asked me if I was, was interested. I said yes, and 
that was, that was something I never dreamed would happen. I thought everything was just going to stay the same. And, and you know, when you don't have anything else wrong with you except your breathing, and it wasn't cancer, it was just a, uh, it wasn't, uh, it was just a scar tissue. And uh, I, I would have, you know, that made me think, well, why am I breathing so bad? You know, I never got a chance to talk to him about that. Ever. I thought he'd, he'd moved on now. But uh, that was that was that was something that really got to move me when that happened. When I got put on the process of, to get tested, everything was required in order to be eligible to go up there and, and, and have to have a chance to get on the line. That wasn't even on, on the, uh, the list yet. Uh, you got to go through a whole process just to get on that list for a transplant, which we know of we list all films. But uh, <coughs> the next morning, when I'm drinking my coffee, and at that time, this is the picture that I would look at when I prayed and everything. And that morning, well, I still overwhelmed it up. You know, because I've been going three and a half years, no hope. And uh, now here I am with hope. It took it me hope. And uh, I thanked him. And I went to put a step further. I, uh, I told him. I said, I said, Father, I know that I didn't have a life after this. And I know you have something to do with it. And I want to thank you right now for that. And right now I want you to know that my life is yours from this point forward. Now bear in mind, I didn't have a, I went on the list. I didn't, I, I was a long way off. And I knew that. But just for the hope, I committed. And I, and she said, you don't, you don't promise God something and you're not do it. So believe me, I'm not going to break that promise. Plus, there's other reasons I want my crowns <laughs> to give to Jesus, put him at his feet. And uh, he's got me doing this anyway. He knows what he wanted to do, he knows how to do it. Anyway, um, while I was drinking my coffee the next morning, I prayed. You know, I was wondering what, what can I do right now, and, you know. Uh, I, I just promised my to ready to use me at how he wanted to. Bear in mind, I still had the breathing problems and everything. Uh, and uh, I promised him at that moment that uh, my life says to do what he wanted to do. And for the next, you know, that, those three and a half years have passed. And now I'm approaching the uh, four and a half year period that was had to, had to happen in order for me to get to say Seattle, and then he went on the list for all that. And uh, that's when I started. Uh, I had to go, like I said, to be a lot protesting. And uh, at that point, and I had nothing but uh, spiritual gifts to listen to. I wanted to fill my, my body and mind and get my mind shut out of other things just, just to hear things more positive. And uh, about, about, about. And uh, 
So I did that. This is the first, you know, part of the, of the time period that uh, after I got on, on the process. And uh, about a year and a half in on that, on that period of time, uh, I was praying to him one morning, again, looking at the same old picture. My mother had one of those in my house. And I had to buy that from a, a Marine that had it. And uh, he didn't seem to think it was very special. I did. And uh, so I bought it from him. That was a long time ago. And there's a reason for that to happen. Everything I could look at was just a reason. Because this image, the picture of Jesus sitting in, it was in the garden, the garden was sitting in me, was way, I was sitting there crying, I'm looking at this all the time, every day. And uh, so I thought, I, when I wanted to get, I wanted to thank the doctors and the nurses and all that they were doing. And trust me, as many, many times as I was growing up there, I got to know a lot of them. And uh, you get a, a mint, maybe it'll see my mouth gets so dry. That medication has some side effects. That's one of them. It's hard to deal with it. I don't care about the hardship because <laughs> I can breathe now. And that's a big deal to me, pretty big deal. But uh, after a year and a half of listening to CDs, DVDs, when I went to street court and everything, uh, I'll tell you real quick about that little dog. She has been a super companion. I know God gave me her. She's a special animal. And the way I ended up getting her was another thing of God. That, it's down across the street. That uh, would help him uh, go with me to street for sometimes, not every time, some of them. And he had these three little bitty dogs, you know. I don't know what that probably a lot of them were uh, terriers, whatever. But anyway, he had dogs, three of them. And one time when we got ready to go to street for he was saying, Steve, he said, you need, a, you need a dog. Now bear in mind, I couldn't breathe. I, I was struggling to take care of my own stuff. And here he was talking about me getting a dog. I said, man, I love dogs, but now's not the time. So we laid off for a minute. We went to Shreveport. We got on the way back. And uh, he didn't stop here. You do, you really do need to think about getting a dog. Now, I don't know why he's saying that. I think God made him say that. That's another thing. So uh, he said, well, at least go by there where the, you know, the pound, or whatever they call it now. Uh, where you walk and look at all the animals if you want to adopt them. So I did. We made the that was made the stop harassing me about these dogs. And uh, we went there and I walked around the hill and baby girl was just a country that's uh, a smooth chihuahua, that's what the legal description of the dog. And she's really kind of special looking because she's real but she's not too little but she's little but she's built like a damn bulldog. <laughs> I mean, really, she runs a lot, and she's smart. And uh, I told him to go get that little dog, black one, third dog, whatever room. They brought it, brought it in there in that little room where you can talk, you know, build the dog out. And once the door was open, she ran straight to me and all out. And, uh, man, I said, well, I'm, I'll take this one. <laughs> because she wasn't too big. 
And, uh, you know, jumping in my lap like that, it's just, it's just been right. It's a great to adopt that dog. So I adopted her. And uh, now I, I could tell you how valuable she has been. Like when I was in street, uh, Seattle, uh, going through a lot of medical things there, and she was, he's always faithful to be your friend. That's what a dog is. It's a friend. God made him especially for us, as well as cats for some people. As a, he knows that some people, when they get, especially when they get older, need some type of companion. And um, he, she certainly a companion. I started running out of as much trouble as I'm having getting all this out smooth, that, that dog sitting there, I would never be able to get done. You know, Jeremiah. But anyway, uh, at the end of that first, I mean, that, I've been in that four and a half year period, and um, then I was sitting down and I told you I made a copy. Of, I wanted to thank the doctors and the nurses. And um, I was talking about my thank you car or something. I said, well, that's, that's just not good enough. It's not right. You know, They'll read it and two, three weeks later, they you know, did not forgot that happened with all the trash can. Uh, even though I appreciate it, it's not going to do what I wanted to do, and it's not what I could do for God. So, so, so what I did, when I was sitting in front of that picture, I believe God was behind this. I know he is. I, you know, this was a year, year and a half in, at the end of a year and a half. And, uh, Just to make copies of that picture. Make copies and to give them to people. You know, to the nurses and to the doctors. That's your way of thinking. And the reason for I say that's the reason is because you're not only thanking them, you're also giving them something to, uh, I don't know, recognize Jesus. When I would give them out, uh, they were really both like that. Eight or nine percent really like, you know, and there's about ten percent probably that they're like Christians. They don't go to church. Church don't mean anything to them, but I give them to them anyway because that's the main people that need it. And uh, what that's when I started making that copies of that picture. And uh, small eight by tens, I I give out. I can get out probably over 90, close to 100, and the VA, the VA everybody that I, that I work, you know, worked on. And uh, I made small ones, and I got to where I, I had made bigger ones to where I could give those maybe to special people, like the doctors and the one nurse in particular that helped me out with the whole thing. And um, I did that until I went to Seattle. That's how come I got hundred of them up there almost in Seattle, I mean, in Shreveport. And it didn't stop there. I, I, and no matter where I was at, I guess my mind was just tuned in to do it. Start. What, what to do for God any, any way I could, you know? Bear in mind, I still got the operation. Now, at the end of that four and a half years, when they, they told me to come up, uh, to Seattle, uh, and that was to get on the list and start this process, getting on, you know, the surgery. Uh, when I got to Seattle, they 
both uh, testing the lead and um, this next phase and everything to make, you know, they did it in Shreveport, but they wanted to do it with their own staff, getting you know. And they did it, everything, everything was good. And uh, so that took about a week, week and a half after I got to Seattle from here, Texas. And um, let's see. Okay, I get to Seattle. And that's when Jerry Wade volunteered to, to help drive reaction drive. And bear in mind, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a pathfinder, thanks to my sister, that would make the trip. Well, I had to have something that make the trip because I put pulling her trailer. And uh, wasn't an easy drive. It was different than just having a regular car, just regular driving. You, know, you pull pulling the trailer. And the reason I had that trailer, <coughs> believe this man, I was thinking about doing this, not just for this church, but doing it, I, I'm trying to think big. That's what God wants you to do. You know, you can get big and Lord all the time without having to just you know, cast one of them out. But that trailer, when I had to get ready to go, it wasn't just my clothes and personal things I was taking up there. Bear in mind, I saw the film. It could have been a year and a half, two years, four years. I didn't know how long I was going to be up there. So I carried a lot of stuff. Uh, that to work on, to listen to. I had all, I got two, I, I, the way I packed them, it was two trash bags, the bits, because I had all kinds of CDs and DVDs in there for I would buy it, buy it because of one, one message on it. And when you bought it, you got all these extra stuff, you know. And uh, I would sit and listen to them outside. I just, that's what I tell them as I drove. But, uh, I had to have something for all that other stuff I was taking to see uh, Seattle. And it, it was quite a little load there. And uh, I already had planned on that trailer we're going to get back to for its use. And uh, instead of just renting a U-Haul and eat both ways, that money would just be spent. By having that trailer, they didn't have to worry about that. And uh, it was just so many different advantages. But the one thing I, I was looking at for the future was being able to do this kind of thing, all this stuff, big as it is. And I plan on getting that, the video part done because it's going to be necessary to do that because these songs that you listen to and everything, they have a video with the words loud. And you know it, or you will know it now with the ultimate video that you can look at, and no matter what. Uh, sing along if you want to or understand what they're saying in the song but you be looking at the words. I believe in that video in this day and age. Oh you need it. I'm planning on trying to get that done when I can because it just helps out. And I'm not going to be doing just uh, testimonies. The testimonies it's just it's just that's what God had me do. So I'll be doing this at any place I can. And I'll get a little better promise you. Uh, uh, Anyway, I drove and got to Seattle about, about a week to <coughs> we're gonna have to get all the testing. And then they told me uh, everything looked good, so I just went there. Well, after about two days, just getting on the, 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 the list, four days, I'm sorry. Uh, I got on the list, I'd say, a week and a half after I got to Seattle. What happened is I, uh, they told me to, uh, come to the office where I had to go with this lady 
it was heading up the um, all the stuff for the pulmonary stuff. And uh, get sign in, it's just gonna put it on the computer and do, do all the legal stuff that the government does, VA. Yeah. So I was there. That was, so I got on the list on Monday. Then there's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday night, four days. Friday night, or evening, about 6, 6.30. They call me, and they tell me that they've got a donor. And then he comes to race, but come to a, a, it's a hospital, main hospital in Washington. University of Washington, where it was. And, uh, to get down there and uh, all up there, I should say, as quick as I could, and uh, where to go, and what to say. Tell me, go to the emergency room, tell them that I'm a long recipient, that's, that they can take it from there. So I did all that, and they prepped me after I take a shower, and they prepped me. And they had my IV started, ready to put me out, because all this, this these organs that they do, especially the lungs, they need to be done in a timely manner. Uh, that's why they, everything's quick and fast. And they got me on that operating table. And uh, I was on that operating table for, for four hours waiting on the phone call that the doctors or whoever assistant uh, called to so they know the gut lungs are good or the lungs are not, bad, are not good. And probably 80% of the time, if not higher, they could take that they just to us, they talk. I think they said, there, there, are, there are times that uh, the organ won't be good, so uh, so they cancel the you know the surgery at that time. They, they called it a, uh, what? A dry run. Yeah, that's it, they the memory. Uh, they call it a dry run. And they said it happens sometimes. Well, I fell into sometimes. But at least I would appreciate that the organ, as the doctor said, didn't, didn't uh, wasn't good enough. I'm glad he didn't put it in there. Because <laughs> I went, then went through too much stuff uh, to something they have now. So after that, they said, put me back in the room. And uh, I ate something because I hadn't eaten anything. And then I drove back from uh, University of Washington back to Racine, I mean, uh, Renton. Uh, where the uh, place I stay at. And I, uh, you know, went, went to bed and been ready at the time I got back. Anyway, Monday morning, after the uh, dry run, uh, they had me do a pulmonary rehab on Monday and Friday. Just exercise my body to get it strong enough to be able to, to do this surgery. And that was gonna be my routine I would get back about uh, noonish, one o'clock every day, and they had some other things that they were doing, and, you know, like blood tests and uh, uh, scans, and do every, every so often. But uh, but I just got there, and uh, four days later they did that. I had that dry run Monday morning. That was the next week. I did my pulmonary rehab went back my place where I studied at. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I don't think they had to do anything. Friday, another pulmonary uh, rehab, and I go back home. I say back home, at racing where I was staying. And uh, I was there at the place, 
And uh, that evening, roughly the same time, that person, that's amazing. See, that, that's another the little things you gotta look at that this was coincidental. Okay. There was a lot of them. I mean, uh, and uh, at that, 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 that Friday, about 6, 6.30, somewhere in that area, I said, the phone call again. And uh, I didn't, the guy didn't remember who I was because it was just last week that they called me. And uh, the week before. And uh, he told me that uh, they got another lung uh, donor and I need to come up there. Uh, that I didn't need to hurry as much as I did before because the lung, the lung was local. So I, didn't, I already knew how what they needed to do as far as get up there and go through the emergency room and all that stuff. Because I just did it the week before. And uh, that guy on the phone told me that they had this donor. And to get two calls for, uh, from a donor, and see, basically, let's see, well, less than two weeks. That was just amazing. I mean, you don't, people don't realize how long it takes sometimes to do this stuff. They've got data on it, and uh, they showed us that data. So, number one, getting a, just to get a donor to uh, get on up there just to try to, to get the uh, operation. That alone was kind of strange. I got it in four days. That don't happen every day. Uh, and then after it was the, the next week, I'm up, I get another call on the same day about the same time. One thing is the, uh, the donor was from your know, local Brown Seattle. So I went and did all that and uh, with the routine of getting prepared for it. And uh, I don't remember a whole bunch of actually pushing into the operating room this time. Uh, the, the, lung, the lung had evidently been already approved by the doctor. He was supposed to have, it was supposed to be one of the best doctors as far as lung transplants in the country. And I think that's why God put me in his hands and not some other place, some other uh, doctors. I mean, I really believe that. Um, I would like to be able to tell him thank you if I could possibly do it uh, when I have to go back. I have to go back in uh, July sometime, the end of July of this year, just for my one-year checkup or evaluation, whatever they do. And, uh, When I went on the, got, they got on the operating table, uh, they did the surgery, the lung turned out evidently was good. And when I woke up from surgery, uh, they had all these machines, you know, monitoring and everything. And uh, I was looking at them, and I was looking at the one that has your oxygen content. Mine was less than 20 but when I went up there. You know, and uh, now I look at that, that's what kept me busy when and was just looking at that monitor and it was saying a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent oxygen in my blood. And I'm going, I'm, I was just so happy to see that. Uh, first part of the meal, going great. Other sub lungs wouldn't have been like that probably. And then a week later I get another one. That's not normal, okay? That's just not normal. Other people that were doing this at home. Is unusual, you know, they but the people up at the University of Washington. Uh, so I had the surgery, woke up, I needed oxygen to do that. So that was my entertainment after there. I was just sitting there watching that all the time. Didn't have a TV in that particular room. But uh, uh, so I get the surgery and uh, 
everything's going good. And um, anyway, they, they put, oh yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh, when they, so they put me in ICU and I had to stay in that room until I go to the next step uh, where they put you into a, kind of like a rehab uh, for different <coughs> surgeries like that. And uh, the doctors that, that were, I was first assigned was in the, when I, for right after my surgery, there's still about four or five of them that would come in and evaluate me and look at me, look at my dad and everything, talk to themselves. And I, and I had five tubes in me to get rid of the uh, fluid. And that was a big deal too. I really hate those long uh, tubes, but that's just part of it. Uh, Anyway, uh, I forgot how long I was in that particular you know, environment with those doctors. It was a pretty good while, but it wasn't that long. But the period that I did go through there, when they come back and told me that I, I could go, they were going to look good. And you know, these, these two they come out uh, all at once. They just had like, maybe one or two, and there's always so they just meter down there where the, the amount of water that came out. And they, they know what to do is protect, trying to manage that water in your body. And uh, I forgot how long, but I do know one thing because they told me, uh, when they told me I was ready to be, go to, back to, I mean, uh, the, the next phase of doing what, what they do after surgery, they told me that the time that I recovered from all that, and got released from it, discharged from that particular part of it, was the shortest time that a veteran had having a double lung transplant uh, that they had. I mean, so there's another thing, there's another bigger threat. What my father did there, just, it just keeps on going. Now I'm not gonna keep talking about those kind of things, but I want you to know, those all were short. There's evidence of it because I got back home in six months. Mm -hmm. Six months. It's almost just not really happened. So I, I mean, I, the doctors when I got back and all the nurses and all everybody that had, they had seen, I'd always be in a wheelchair and with oxygen. I carry an oxygen bottle. And they remembered me. I mean, that's how they knew me. Uh, with that image. Well, when I got back, uh, they just couldn't believe it. A couple of ladies started crying. They were probably spiritual because they knew where it was at. And when, that, when I got back, I just pointed out because he gets the credit. With me, nothing I did. He's just doing it to me to create the testimony. I believe that with all my heart. He knew that I would do it. He knew I wouldn't quit. He knew I'd make a promise to it because he knows all things. And uh, I'm just going to be wondering what's next. <laughs> um, uh, I, just to break off just a minute, Jeremiah and I have put together a uh, program called From the Garden to the Cross. It's basically uh, something that around Easter time that you would watch and, and listen to. And uh, I wanted to do it this year. There's just no way I could do it, get to it. Most of it's done, but with this testimony, getting it all done and everything, when, so I have it ready for next year, and it's going to be ready to go. Everything perfect. That's the way it needs to be. But and people don't realize just what Jesus went through when he 
was beaten. And they, they got pictures of him all, all everywhere, of him hanging on a cross with no blood or, or anything, just clean. And, and that, that's just doing an injustice to Jesus as far as I'm concerned. They need, people need to know what he looked like when he was hanging on that cross. Uh, it wasn't pretty. And uh, it was it was more pain. They say that the by uh, that type of punishment for in that day and age was they tried to do it to, to people that would do a fee or whatever thing. That's how they punished people. And they always were trying to find the one that would make it hurt the most. And they done other things. And they decided that and it got up to where now they're hanging people on a cross. Now, they had already beaten Jesus. Uh, and uh, he had to, after all that, with no, he was really weak, he had to carry a cross. I want him to be crucified. I got to get off that, get back on with this. But anyway, he went through a lot. I mean, look at a picture. I've got pictures of him, like that, what he looks like. And when we do that program, it's going to have both. When he was uh, in that garden, praying to the Father, asking him, pleading with him, don't make me do this, you know, take this cup away from me. He knew what was going to happen, he knew it was going to hurt, because he was a man, uh, just a regular man, and uh, he felt the pain. And he knew what kind of pain was going to come. But uh, on the third time, he said, okay, well, that will be done. And uh, he went back and uh, it was mom for the Roman soldiers came and took him away. Uh, anyway, I got to say I got to get off of that, but I think about it all the time. Uh, anyway, I get home in six months and uh, all the different parts of, of the uh, process of uh, surgery, after surgery, uh, all of them were short. I mean, there was no problems. Uh, and I got home in six months, which is, that, then I went to Leigh where I go to in Shreveport. After I got back and went to my first appointment, it was just unbelievable uh, that people were so shocked because it was something they hadn't seen and they knew all along that why, what, what I was doing and who I was trusting all that time before I got to surgery. And that alone was a big witness because of what happened. I, when I saw all these people after, after the surgery, all I had to do was point up. They knew, they knew because I'd already talked to them and given them a picture and you know, asked them to, to stop one minute and look at that picture, put it somewhere with the cross in a day and uh, stop and <coughs> say thank you, Father, for, for what you did and what you went through for us. He could have stopped that if he wanted to. He had the power to do it. But he chose not to because it was his Father's will. And that's what happened. So we need to think about that a lot. I think about it against two. So I kind of just think about what he went through. Uh, I'm going to leave it there, and uh, time's running out anyway. I'm going to go through this prior, uh, prayer list real quick. I know 
Gary's thinking, man, that Steve ain't doing nothing real quick. <laughs> I hadn't said a word. I'll talk. I'll probably read your mind. Okay. Something with that old, the bad kidney that's causing the pancreas or something to go bad. 
you know, when one part of the body goes, oh, goes bad, most of the time they affect something else in uh, some degree. And uh, please pray for them because they really do need it. Uh, I feel sorry for both of them now. And uh, still, I'll get in touch with them somehow. But anyway, Tammy, or you can just say the, late, the mother and daughter at that florist shop. Uh, of course, the people I already talked to about like, uh, Raymond Griffin, Joe Rogers, and uh, I think my boss from Houston. That worked for about 18 years. But uh, thank them right when you pray. Would, I would appreciate it. Another thing is, is uh, I've got a uh, younger brother, and he just got uh, diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis. And uh, I know that the smoke is on so, but that's one of those things I'm grateful for when the surgery and everything's going on with. Smoking's a bad habit. It's hard to break. And uh, I don't even think about it anymore. It's a father. And I know I never will because I need my lungs. <laughs> it was too hard getting them. But uh, so I do all things right for my body. I work out whatever I can to make it stronger and be able to do whatever God wants me to do. Uh, but uh, please pray for him and his wife. They're both in bad health. And uh, he's going to have difficulties because he's got a lot of things with, with his environment that's going to be taken care of that he takes care of and you know, will be able to. Now he's got a lot of decisions to make. Wow, he's probably, probably just messing with him bad psychologically because he worked so hard what he had out there. Now, I don't know what he's going to do, but just pray for him, him and his wife, Charles Scales Jr., and his wife, please. Um, I want to thank uh, Carolyn Williams. That was a lady I was telling you about, my landlord. Uh, just, just pray that she. Baker gets blessings for how she helped him. Uh, of course, she did. It may not be that much money, but it, to have that off your back, to have it off my back, when she did that, I was able to do some of these pictures, every bit of the money, you know, that I was spending on uh, frames, having to go find them. I didn't want this picture in some frame that I didn't think was adequate, you know. So, uh, that took a little bit of effort there, but she was she was a blessing. And uh, <coughs> let me just look real quick. Um, I hate to miss anybody because I'm planning on giving this to a lot of people who didn't make make trip out here, had other things to do. But there was a couple of people that I know I'm missing.
some of you may not know this, but Brother Steve has asked me to be his critic. And uh, so the reason he wanted to do this here first is because uh, nerves, one thing, and before he branches out into other churches, he wants to make sure that what he represents is, is, uh, is to, uh, to the glory of the Lord. So I'm going to critique this tonight. Can you imagine a long-winded preacher doing that? Anyway, I appreciate Brother Steve. We all know he's got a great story to tell. This, uh, he, he, uh, he did a great job tonight, and he was very, very nervous, and I know y'all can tell that, but he was very nervous. So God bless him, and God thank him, uh, for, and we are a part of his journey. Uh, this little church right here is a part of his journey. He, he chose us. God placed him here for us to pray for him, to lift him up, and we need to continue to do that and support him in, in this ministry that he's begun. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Don't forget those that are on the prayer list that he mentioned and those that we mentioned that have lost loved ones to death, uh, particularly Miss Shirley and that family and Gary and Sherry Brantley uh, and their great loss today. Uh, so if I get you to stand, we'll have our dismissal prayer and just uh, give it to the Lord. Uh, Brother Jim Stanley. Good to have you. That uh, uh, Mr. James Stanley that he requested prayer for. This is his son, uh, Jim. Uh, his dad was a long time dentist there in Atlanta. A lot of people know him. Jim and I have been friends for many, many years. Uh, worked together at the mill, and I love him. He's a good Christian man. So would you pray? Can you say something, Gary? We ain't got time to listen to you. <laughs> Here it comes. I'll make it short. I can make it short. Fifty years ago, fifty years ago, and your pastor's involved in this, and I say this to give God all the glory, nothing from me. Sometimes you keep prayers in your heart and you hide them away. Fifty years ago, Steve's mother came to me and said, my boys are in trouble, would you play for them? Of course, I was in my 20s then, you know, that's just a few years ago. <laughs> I said, yeah, right. Now, I, now I know Steve. I, I graduated. And we were pretty good friends, but we went our separate ways. So I began to pray for Steve. I'd do it a lot, and I'd break off and think about it and do it, and then I'd do it a lot. And this went on for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And I was down here in town, and I ran into that man right there, and we started talking about this church and people that would come from the truck and and then we start, and then we we said something about his half brother, Charles Cater. You know, God laughs at you sometimes. And this is what this man said. He said, "You know that his brother has made a change in his life, and it was like a horse kicked me." And uh, I said, "Steve." He said, "Yeah." So I walked out, just dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. That's happened twice, and they uh, said I prayed a long time for him. He told me the second one. He may not remember it, but he did. And he's sitting right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> his daddy came to me years ago. And so I'm still praying for his brother's Charles. 
tell you, prayer is powerful. Amen. Amen. So that's the other miracle in this. And I love Steve, and we were good friends, and uh, he's made a change. So y'all pray for him, and uh, he'll get better and better and better. <coughs> so what I say to you, Steve, you need to keep coming to this church and learn. And I enjoy it. I'm glad you came. And one thing I'd like to add, because this makes me feel bad, when I was praying for people, I asked for prayers for people, and that is my half-brother, Charles Scales, Jr., and his wife. And it makes me feel bad that uh, I miss him on the list and everything. But he just, well, I, I said it earlier when I reported the testimony part that he has uh, pulmonary fibrosis. And where he's been out doing things and everything, now he's not going to be able to do that. It's going to be a major change. And uh, I hope when he sees this, I wish I would have said this up there to front. But uh, I just hope that, um, you know, that I, you know, I'll be there for him. I plan on moving here and uh, to do whatever he, he needs to help, just, just to help him. Yeah. But anyway, thanks, Jim, for saying what you said. <coughs> I mean, you, uh, you hide your prayers away and you just keep doing it. Amen. Just miracles. You see them. Amen. Thank you. Would you just message, please, Jim? You want me to do it? Yes. <clears throat> you know I'm hard here. We'll pray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most gracious Heavenly Father, what we've heard tonight, Father. We ask your blessings upon this testimony, Father. And we ask you to look in among each one of us here. We hide our prayers away in our hearts, Father, as we continue to do so, Father. We know the power of prayer. We've seen it. I've seen it. And Father, we thank you for that, Father. And Father, there's no one that we can go to except you to answer these prayers. And Father, we're living in a world that is not part of us, Father, that you're part of us. You're our kingdom, and we pray this to your glory, Father, everything. And Father, there are those that are on the list tonight, that are on our mind, that were mentioned. And Father, we ask you to bless us upon them, Father, and comfort them in their ways, Father. And Father, I pray for this church, Father, and the pastor that's in it, Father, that you will con continue to allow the Holy Spirit to work through him, Father. And if your words will jump off his lips into their hearts, Father. And Father, as we go, Father, into the mission field, Father, we ask your blessings upon you, on this group here, Father. And we pray this to all your glory, Father, and forgive us where we fail. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 I join <coughs>